Okay, hello and welcome to episode something of the DNR Community Spotlight. Um, I'm here with Andy Myrmidon. Hi. Hello. Yeah, so um, we're doing this right after a game session that we just played, and it's getting pretty late. So <laughs> we'll see how this goes. I don't know. <laughs> um, Okay, so I got some questions for you, uh, kind of things about DNR, and then some other kind of random stuff thrown together. And I'm thinking this might be like half an hour or so. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so um, one of the first ones that I always start with is like, when and how did you find Dungeons and Randomness and start listening? Uh, well, I had not been really involved in all in listening to any D&D podcasts or playing D&D too much. But my brother kept talking about wanting to get into it, and he pretty much told me about this really cool podcast he found. And so that sort of turned into... So I'm kind of a completionist, so, uh, like, once I found out there was, like, 500 episodes or however many there are of things, that turned into me just obsessively listening for like a couple months and uh yeah i think the thing that really got me into it was the kind of sharing that with my brother too we'd talk about it like i don't know once or twice a week on the phone so yeah it's it's nice to have a reason to like call and talk to your brother or friend or whatever right yeah exactly well we we live pretty far away too uh like i'm around 1200 miles away so Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Um, I, I definitely don't have that with any of my brothers or anything. Um, there was a time that I had a, what was he? My wife's cousin's husband. Yeah, so there we go. But he's, she's kind of like a sister, basically. So it was kind of like a brother-in-law. And mm -hmm. we used to call and talk about um, simulated hockey trades all the time. So. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> On whatifsports.com, which was a wonderful website at one time before Fox Sports bought it and ruined it. Oh, that sucks. So I, I totally get that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it was before me and my brother. We didn't talk on the phone that much. And then once we both started listening to DNR and then more so started getting into D&D, we've kind of stayed in contact talking a lot since then. So it's been nice. Yeah, so so uh, you've gotten like really into the like, DNR community and that you play games with a bunch of people on here and things like that and you're not like a super regular on the discord but you are on the discord quite a bit um what does your brother think about that stuff does he want to play in in any of those games have you talked to him about that stuff or uh yes so my brother dms a game for casey would uh, well I don't know what his DNR server name is. Everyone knows who Casey is. I don't have to explain it. Yeah, he changes um, his name a lot. It used yeah. To be like uh, big, so Casey, Casey I'm the seventh and Fat Dolphin, and I okay. play a game my brother DMs for us. Oh. But he's got like a really crazy schedule. Like he's got, uh, well, two kids at home now, one at college. But he travels to her college for like a lot of her sports games so all of his kids are like 
really big into sports, so unless he's on the road, he doesn't get to ever play games. So uh, he he always wants to, but time wise, he can only really play when he's staying at a hotel. Okay, so, that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah. did you start at the beginning with the podcast, or like did your brother say, "Hey, stop! Start with this episode, or start with Arc Two, or?" Um. So he he just gave me the name. Okay. And then I started listening to episode one of Arc One. And I was like, well, I'm not super getting into this, but I was only like 30, maybe a little more than 30 minutes into it. And then I talked to him about it. I had to stop listening. I eventually talked to him about it. He's like, oh, no, no. They like, you're supposed to start at Arc Two. Um, so I eventually started at Arc Two and I ended up really liking it. Uh, but like the completionist in me, like, couldn't allow me to just listen to Arc Two. So, I pretty much listened to all of Arc 1 and Arc 2 in tandem, so uh, I blazed through, like, five of Arc 2, and then I would do, like, like a bunch of Arc 1, and then I'd go back and do a few Arc 2, until I was eventually caught up on Arc 2, and then I just listened to Arc 1 and then all the new Arc 2s, and they came out. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, I, I have a hard time with that kind of thing, too. Like, there's a couple other podcasts where they're like, oh, you should start at season four. I'm like, no, I don't want to start at season four. Like, yeah, I, I even listen to almost all the GMTs. I just like, well, they're there. I have to listen to them. Yeah. I, like, it bothers me not having that like marked as red on there. <laughs> I I had a hard time. I have not listened to some of the older GMTs um, for, for a few reasons. But No, I understand. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I I didn't get completionist about those. I kind of wish they would disappear out of the feed, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so that that's good. So, like, well, I usually ask people, like, what it is that got them to continue listening. So, like, you jumped into ARC 2. Um, had you tried other D&D podcasts? Like, why did you stick with this one? Um, uh... Well, I think it's, I mean, obviously, honestly, you know, the brother thing's a part of it, but I think that we've kind of moved past that. We really don't talk about DNR that much anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, honestly, it's community. Um, like, I, I'm i in the busy season with my job right now, so I actually have had to mute the server, but I still have so many different games with people within the community, and... Like we've got a server just called the Lots of Game Server where there's like fifteen or or so of us that are all on there and pretty much talk every day. So uh I mean honestly it's mostly the community. Uh I mean the show's great too, but that's pretty much just kept me around. Yeah, so I got two things about that. One, like how quickly did you make it to the Patreon? Like, was that like, oh, I listened to two episodes and I'm going to jump on the Patreon or. Uh, yeah, it was more than that. Um, I actually like they were running ads for Easy Roller Dice. And I was like, well, this guy seems like he's a really good person because I didn't know Bree was like, you know, co-owner at the time or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I was like, this guy just seems like a genuinely good person. And I was like, I really want to like help support him. So I started out buying like some of the easy roller dice and then I had been subscribed to other Patreons. So I was like, why don't I just check to see if they have one? 
And it was kind of the documentary that kind of convinced me. Um, so that was probably within like the first three months. Okay. So yeah, I think that's the thing with me and podcasts too. And I think there's some research on this. Like podcast ads sell really well. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think it's because you get like a, like you feel like, hey, these people do a lot for me. And like you get to know them really well. And like you want to support the stuff. So I think those like, especially the mm-hmm. ones that they do personally, like I, I feel like there's a pretty big sell yeah, yeah. rate on those things. So uh, at least they work on me. Like if, uh, if Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue tell me that like those are basketball yeah. pod- podcasters, by the way. If they tell me to order my like I'm losing my hair stuff from them instead of somewhere else, like I probably <laughs> yeah no to. so yeah. I've I've given up and I'm gonna lose yeah, yeah. my hair, but you know I don't care. So I forgot the other thing I was gonna because I came up with another thing I was gonna ask, but it disappeared. I said I had two things about that. Yes, I don't remember what were you talking. about? Oh, you asked me what kept me listening to it. Uh, oh I think. yeah, and no, then I you asked, asked how... you asked me how long after the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. It's totally fine. Um, okay, so that's that. Um, speaking of the community thing, um, I think you made it to Dragon Con last year. Was that your first one or second one? Like, how many times? That was that? my first one. It really wasn't on my radar until like I got on the uh, Discord server, and then everyone's kind of talking about it. I yeah. joined like right after. I joined Patreon like right after the 2018 Dragon Con. Uh, so everyone was like planning for 2019 Dragon Con. Well, like, kind of right when I joined. Yeah, so didn't you end up like on a couch in an Airbnb or something? Uh, no. Well, Joe was nice and fell on that sword and, and slept on the couch, but uh, yeah, oh, okay. Casey and I actually shared a room and then uh, I stayed with uh, Steve and Amy as well. So there's all all yeah. five of us in one house. Okay. And uh, are, you, are you going back this year? Do you have oh, it, yeah. yeah. Do you have it planned a little better this time? Do you have rooms already? All that stuff? Uh, we. <laughs> that's that's a, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> that's a wishy-washy topic. We really okay. wanted to get a house with like 15 people in it. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of fallen through. So uh, we're still. Okay. I'm going for that- sure. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I know there was a server where people were figuring that out at one point and uh I I've had a place picked out for a while so and I don't need more Discord servers so I kind of hopped out of that one. Um yeah, same but, here. <laughs> I mean, uh, the only thing I know for sure is that Casey Ryan and I are going to stay in the same place. So Casey on the 7th and uh myself are probably going to be staying okay. in the same place. Has Ryan been before or he went last year? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. This will be my first time, assuming something terrible doesn't happen again, like an unex- unexpected camping trip or something. Yeah, I was really hoping to get you meet to meet you last year because we had just started talking, you know, right yeah. about that time. I think maybe didn't we start Rob's game like shortly before that, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, I don't know. That was, was a long still, time ago. I was still green when I when I started Rob's game. Yeah, it's been it's amazing how fast all this stuff goes because I think um, not to talk too much about Ames, but we just played with 
with Amy in a game, and uh, she has like the rule book memorized and all this stuff now. And uh, like we started just a few months ago, and I think I DM'd her like second or third session ever that she played in. Mm-hmm. Uh, time moves really fast around here. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely a thing. Um, she's amazing in general, though. She's just picks up everything so quickly and. Like she fell into that role playing thing just instantaneously, and like the game I DM for her, the games I play with her, it's pretty yeah. impressive. Ames, you're an all star, and probably one of the like ten people listening to this. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll she, suck up she over here. Me. She's not gonna listen to it. <laughs> She's like, I talk to that guy enough. Okay, uh, a lot of people like talk about um, Jason and how many games he runs and how crazy that is and then other people make fun of rob um for like running his four games i think it is and Mm -hmm. then uh, i think he plays in maybe two or three or four more but i have long thought that you probably have the craziest dnd schedule of anyone um so Uh, how how crazy is it (laughs) okay so i dm Three games. One of them doesn't play very often. We've been on a hiatus, but we were supposed to pick that up this month. Um, and then I play in... Oh, God, like at least eight. Probably more than that. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I probably... De- I, like, it's around 15 games total. Okay. I mean, some of them only play once a month. But yeah. Yeah. So you're maybe looking at like 20. Uh, on a good month, like people cancel like a lot. But all... yeah, on a good month, yes. Right. Like, yeah. Yesterday, I played, and this is not typical, but I played D&D from like eight in the morning my time until like nine in the p.m. my time. I had like okay. a two hour break in the middle. So. so. so I- I have questions about that. Um, yeah. Is it all 5e? Yes. Well, I tried to get a Star Wars game going with some friends. So, Sulfur from the DNR server, uh, Joe and Casey. Yeah. So, Fat Dolphin. Uh, and we played for a while, but then uh, Ethan, who was the DM, uh, his life kind of got a little crazy there. So, uh, that was the only non 5e game that I played in. Uh, okay. And that one's supposed to start up again, but we'll see how it goes. Okay. So, how do you like at, for me? Like, it, it's hard for me to find like character archetypes that I want to play. Like, I only have so much range on what I can do, and like only so many classes I'm interested in the mechanics and things like that. Um, are do the settings get really crazy, or is it just like role playing challenges that you get into, or how how do you stay interested in like so many different unique like characters and games and things like that? Uh, okay, so I think that's just a session or a group by group sort of. Uh, situation so some of the some of the games only play once a month and honestly those games are really hard for me to stay interested in 
but some of them I just like the people like the the Rob game with you. Like I love you, Rob, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> I think you're a good DM. Uh, but it's it's hard to stay invested in something that you don't play for so long. Um, but like my character playing off of yours and Joe's character is so much fun. So when we do get to play, it's so much fun. Yeah, um, I I feel totally the same about that one. By the way, if if I could play Snark like twice or three times a month, that would be really great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but... And I think a lot of the other ones, uh, you know, it's the people I play with. I, I have a lot of the same core people. Um, you like I adore DMing for Casey and Amy. Like I wish that I could just play that game like three times a week. Um, <laughs> so it, it's situational. Like that one's just like the people I play with. Like they're just two of the best role players I've ever been around. Um, so uh, it, yeah, it just super depends. My Patreon group characters, I've just made pretty much super happy-go-lucky characters every time. And that's just a lot of fun to play because it's ridiculous. But I don't know. It's really hard to say. It's like every game has a different significance. Um, some of the games in my world are actually just world 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 building. Yep. Um, groups. So me and my brother will pick, or I will pick an unknown area that we haven't built out in our world, and we'll just throw a group in there and start playing it. Hmm. So that makes sense. Um, you you brought up the Patreon group. Um, yes. How long have you? bid in that and mm. how many characters are you up to now uh six this will be my sixth month and yep. in, on my second well my second character just died last month yeah whether or not i'm making a new one is still that'll depend on what happens next session okay because there have... might there might be demons or gods involved i'm not we haven't resolved that yet so. okay so you had i think if i Let's see how I do on my quiz here. I think you had a Celestial Warlock, and that's the one that's dead. Yes. And then you rolled an Endurance? Yeah, a Lion Folk Endurance. Okay. Who may or may not be dead, and it's Sierra's fault, is what I understand. Uh, allegedly, yes. I mean, Jason didn't help by, by critting me before that happened, but yes. Yeah. Okay. He, last, he lasted two sessions and one cart ride. Okay. So have have you thought about about another character? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna wait and see how it goes. <laughs> no, uh, I I'm gonna play an endurant again. Like I think dying after like like a session and a quarter, I, I don't think that's enough reason to move off to a different character concept. I mean, I'll have to come up with a different backstory, but uh, I'll probably do an endurant. Um, some type, maybe like a gnome or a, or a halfling or something ridiculous because I'm going from a lion folk to that. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't know. Okay. So is the, like, I, I, the thing with playing in all the different games and wanting some variety, like, is that the reason for taking an endurance? It's just to, like, try out something different that you don't get to play anywhere else? Or... Uh, well, I mean, I could play it somewhere else. Uh, that that is a dirty little secret of mine. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, I just really love the concept from Arc One. Like Brianna was one of my favorite NPCs. I just thought her abilities were just so cool. Like it was such a cool concept. And when we unlocked the stretch goal for the book, um, 
you know, I'm in PG2. So I had already volunteered to kind of help Jason out with some stuff with Fantasy Grounds. And I was like, dude, why don't you just send me the PDF? Like, he was already going to let, you know, possibly let us review it for Patreon Group 2 or N1 just for review and, you know, so we'd have a sneak peek or whatever. And uh, he actually agreed. So I, I actually built out the module for the endurance. I'm sure some of you already know that because you watched the uh, yes unbalanced. Kept, I can't yeah. remember what it was. Yeah, he was whispering, um, thank you, Andy, a few times. So Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's part of it, right? Like, it's like I don't get to play it anywhere else, but also, like, I spent hours making a module for it. So yeah. I'm going to play it, goddammit. Uh, I got two questions on that. Uh, one, did he share that endurance stuff with the rest of the group? I'm guessing so, since he built a module for it. So, uh, so it's, yes. I... We we're not allowed to share it out anywhere, but uh, I do know that the rest of PG two and probably PG one got to at least take a sneak peek at it. Okay, so uh, I, like, I, like in, in like the module is in the PG two server, so they yeah. can all open it up and look at it. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and then um, the second thing that I have about that is I completely agree that, especially when it was just Brianna. I thought that was really cool. Like there's a little bit of pr proliferation of uh, Scion as the mm. arc went along. And I think they got a little less cool when there were so many of them. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a rough one. Cause like as a DM, I never want to tell my players, no, I want to tell them yes. And I'll worry about fitting it in my world. Yep. But when you have two Scions in a party or two, two, well, I mean, they weren't in a party, but when you have, Two player characters as scions, they don't seem as rare, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a, one of the DM things that we all try to do, right? At least uh, strive to do is say yes to all this stuff. So like there yeah. are a couple a couple times tonight that I felt really bad just having to say no. Uh, <laughs> like I, I also felt really bad about um, I don't know how much I'm going to talk about a session we just played, but like I felt really bad that you did the thing to throw uh, Steve's character on the back of a dragon, and then he just got knocked right off. I felt bad about that. Oh God, you um, should. I, I it was just fun to do. Like yeah, I, I felt, you know, <laughs> I, I knew what was going to happen coming up, so like I knew I didn't have to like I save all my spell slots or whatever. So I was yeah. like, well, let's let's let let them have some fun since I'm playing a guest NPC. Um, yeah, I felt bad for um. So in this game, we played with Mark, too, and I felt bad for him because, A, his character just sucks on every role, and B, like, before the session, he was like, I think I might ask for divine intervention, and I'm like, well, it's not going to work. <laughs> yes, <laughs> your, your level 20 class feature says it's going to work, um, but that doesn't account for the fact that you're, like, not on your planet, and your god's not as powerful as you think he is. So, yeah. Yeah. It was a mess, but anyway. Say yes when you can. It's a good. Uh... Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a fan of the, and this is everywhere. If you're checking Reddit or watching videos of like the yes, but like you can yeah. use it. That's fine, but you might not get what you expect. Or right. <laughs> that's kind of why I felt so bad about like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you you've mentioned fantasy grounds. Uh, did you have you tried any other virtual tabletops? 
Like, why uh, think it's ground? So uh, we actually started out building everything in Roll20. Yep. And I absolutely hated it. Um, look, I've got a super technical mind. That's what I do for my career. And, like, trying to learn, like, the scripting on it and stuff. Like, I write, app, you know, many applications all the time at my job. And, like, trying to piece together this, like, and I'm not, like, a programmer by any means, but it was just tedious and not intuitive to me. And it was also just a little bit annoying that I even had to. You know, like, you buy the player's handbook. Like, why isn't a lot of that automation built into it? Um, and then Jason in Arc 1, I believe it was Arc 1, maybe it was Arc 2, they were switching tables, virtual tables. And I think I actually wrote into the show, I was like, hey, what do you guys use? And then they covered it on GMT, like, Fantasy Grounds. So, uh, I told my brother about it, and, because he was, we, we share a world together, like, the we both world build the same world together. Um, and he was like, oh, let's, let's try it out. So I went up to his house for Christmas and we sort of decided to pull the trigger, like just experimenting with it over Christmas break. So So I, I feel like they all are kind of bad. Like I I use fantasy grounds too, but like it is not a 20, I don't, it's not a program of 2020. It, it feels like somewhere between Windows 95 and something else to me. Like, it, the UI is yeah. not great. Like, um, I don't really want all the automation that it has. Like, there's a lot of times I'd rather just roll dice. Like, I own hundreds of them. I'd rather just roll dice sometimes. I like doing the math. Like, I don't know. But at the same time, I like coding stuff, too. And so I don't know. I'm somewhere in between. Yeah, I, I mean... it. I, I firmly believe it depends on your your DM style and what you're looking for in a game. Like, I I actually really prefer it, and I I like building it out so everything's seamless. Because like, at the end of the day, my focus is kind of on like the role playing and like the, the storytelling in between. Like the combat, to me, is kind of a little annoying, except for when it yep. creates interesting story opportunities for the players. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm totally with that. So, like, um, if we get, like, we just did this level 20 thing, and I'm like, oh, God, these combats are taking so long. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted it to be kind of epic and stuff, but, like, three rounds of combat is, like, an hour and a half, and um, I'm like, okay, come on, let's go. Yeah, level 20 <laughs> combat is really hard to run. I My first time trying it, I think that we played for four hours and like two and a half, three of it was them just fighting the final boss. Um, yeah. Well, I have some advice. Uh, don't, don't create doppelgangers of level 20 characters with all their abilities and then try to use them in a combat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, it was a really neat idea. It just, um, yeah, I had, there was no way I had time to do a lot of that, but it's fine. Um, so if somebody were going to try to get into Fantasy Grounds, because I feel like it probably is the best option that's out there. Um, like, if you're just getting into Fantasy Grounds as a DM, do you have any, like, starter tips? Is there, like, a set of videos that you watched? Or are the forums super helpful? Or, like, how do you, you kind of learn this stuff to get started? 
Mm, well, so I guess I would say it's a little bit different for each person. I, I intuitively sort of pick up this type of thing, but I also think that has to do with, uh, like, my job is, you know, learning how things work. Because, I, I, I mean, I work in IT, so a lot of it is learning how computer programs work, um, how things sort of operate under the hood. So that is really intuitive to me, and uh, that might not be helpful for everyone. But I also did find a gentleman. I'm trying to find it right now on YouTube. Um, uh, I don't remember. He's got an accent, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, anyways, there's there's a guy on YouTube that does a lot of videos. Um, and it, they're just stellar. I think Jason's called him out once before, too. Okay. Yeah, I, I know for me, like, I can usually search and find some forum post that has, like, this is what you need to do to set this up. And I I don't, this is weird, I teach through a lot of videos, like, but I can't stand watching videos because people, like, blather around and don't get to the point of what I want. And I'm like, okay, I'll fast forward, fast forward. I'd rather just read a post and be like, here's what I need to do and go do it. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> it's okay. Um, what do you think about, like, if there's somebody out there that hasn't played on Fantasy Grounds, like, do you think it's pretty easy to pick up as a player for somebody that's new? Hmm. So, I mean, I've only got experience between uh, Fantasy Grounds and Roll20, so I don't really know how some of the others compare. Um... I wouldn't say either one of those is super intuitive for players. I think the learning curve might be a little bit steeper for Fantasy Grounds, but after the first week or so of playing, it's significantly easier in the long run to sort of pick things up. Like Once you kind of get the, the ticks of how things work, they generally work the same across the entire program. Yeah, I think um, I've definitely noticed like my players getting better and better at it over time. It's like, oh yeah, there's a little magnifying glass here, and I click this thing. Mm -hmm. and, um, it's it's easy enough to, as the DM, just like, oh, you didn't click that thing. Just go ahead and roll, and I'll fix the damage. Or, you know, it's pretty easy to get around little misclicks that happen all the time. Or like, I know there's a couple times like I clicked on that, but it's not letting me do what I want. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Just yeah, <laughs> just go. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's so many things built in, the more advanced you get in Fantasy Grounds that a lot of the stuff doesn't matter. Like, for example, like if someone accidentally rolls damage, you can just control click and drag the damage onto the token and it removes it. And yeah. so uh, I think once you first start out, you're kind of doing that math. And but once that learning curve kind of gets caught up, it's it's really nice for to run anything on, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, do you have any other like D and D stuff you want to talk about DNR? Can we kind of jump off of that? No, nah, we can jump off that. That's fine. Okay. Um, I was trying to think of some other things that I was kind of interested in, and I I know a, a little bit of stuff. Like I think you've been to a bunch of BlizzCons. Maybe you went to your last BlizzCon this year. I think you were talking about not going anymore. I'm not sure. Um, <sighs> yeah. Uh, so I've been to three BlizzCons. Um, my buddy and I just, we went one year and we were kind of like, 
we took his family and his wife and kid weren't really into video games and his wife just absolutely loved it the first year. And so, I mean, we were always down to go cause we just have liked blizzard games. So, uh, we just started going every year, but then I went to dragon con. It kind of ruined it for me. Hmm. So is it just like the, is it that like personal stuff? That's a lot better at dragon con or like, the Oh yeah, that, that, or... that for sure is, um, like I've yeah. That was probably one of my favorite vacations I've ever taken, just getting to hang out with everyone from the community. Like, everyone's just so nice. But on top of that, there's almost no lines at Dragon Con. Like, there's lines, um, but they're usually pretty small to get into anything. And BlizzCon, because it's just one company, uh, there's not a ton of variety. Like, there's it's big, so there's a lot of stuff to do. But they just sell so many tickets, and there's such a limited universe that they're doing it with, uh, comparatively, that the lines just get ridiculous. And after you know this third year, it getting worse every year, I just realized like I don't want to stand in line yeah. for three hours to do a Diablo Four demo. Um. Okay, so real real quick on the Blizzard stuff. Um, assuming you played, actually, I know that you played World of Warcraft. Um, when did you start? How long did you play? How crazy did that get? How much of your life did that eat? Uh, okay, so I started with EverQuest, and I I think I had like a legit addiction. Yeah. And then when World of Warcraft came out. I got into the closed beta because of like some friends I had at the time. And I pretty much played WoW from closed beta until what came after Wrath? Pandaria? Or no, Cataclysm? It's Cataclysm, right? Okay. So I quit in between Wrath and Cataclysm. Yep. And oh god, um how much of my life did it eat? Uh, <laughs> like an embarrassing amount. Like I was, uh, I was engaged at the time yep. and my uh, fiance was equally as obsessed as I was. Uh, it got to the point where we were raiding like six nights a week, if not more. And we were officers in the guild we were in. So we were, we were running the DKP uh, spreadsheets and, organizing like the guild bank like we were just in charge of everything and then i was helping raid lead eventually and i think looking back on it like some of the times we actually took vacations just to hang out with guild mates and play world of warcraft together uh, yeah. <laughs> so well, it was extreme <laughs> yeah i think um so somebody that started earlier than me so yeah we started like a month into vanilla. Um, my wife had been playing EverQuest like super casually before that. Mm. Um, we had tried, we were into Final Fantasy XI, um, like a decent amount into Final Fantasy XI, okay. uh, which was, I don't know if you ever played that, but it's the grindiest grind of all time. I um, played it for like a week. <laughs> yeah, so it was like go camp somewhere and pull like turtles for eight hours and slowly grind levels 
Um, it was it was rough. <laughs> That's how EverQuest was worse too. EverQuest is worse actually back in the day. Yeah, I'm sure. It probably. Not. Yeah. But um, anyway, we we transitioned into WoW, and uh, yeah, we were doing the. I don't know if we ever got to six nights a week. We we're definitely five nights a week of uh, raiding for vanilla and DC. Mm-hmm. And then we started this thing where we would quit and then come back with the same friends and start a new guild and like go really hard at raids and get to like second or third on the server. And then we'd quit again and come back and do it again. And we did that like on and off for a whole bunch of expansions. Um, and then, yeah, I would say pretty much same here. I, I, I came back for cataclysm and then eventually I left and then I think I skipped Pandaria altogether. And then yeah, I came back too. for, for Draenor and then I left again and then I came back for Legion. So I've been in, I've been popping in and out, but the up until through Wrath is when I was like just super hardcore. Yeah, that was pretty much the same for us, but um we had a kid in there somewhere too, which really kind of <laughs> things. And um yeah, I don't know if people want to hear our whole world of Warcraft history, but I, I've decided yeah. I'm playing every expansion for as long as the game exists. Um so I have Shadowlands pre-ordered. I will play it. Um, I mean, but I, te- technically I have played it, but it was only the tutorial mission at BlizzCon. Yeah. Right now I'm majorly into Final Fantasy XIV. That's eating my time. So um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, are you... Um, what about other Blizzard games do you play? Like, I'm looking forward to Diablo 4. Diablo 3 is a game that we played with our kid quite a bit. So... I think we'll so, get back into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, actually, just brought up my Blizzard launcher. Uh, I mean, Heroes of the Storm has been my recent flavor of the month. Like, I, I, as I kind of grew up and started progressing through my career, I kind of video games fell to the side a little bit for me. So, uh, I do pick up, you know, the occasional Blizzard games, and you know, so I, I would say like once every five years, like. I'll pick up like a StarCraft game and rebeat it. Or, uh, you know, Diablo 3 has been like a consistent on and off for me, depending on what season. And uh, I actually have really liked Heroes of the Storm, despite all the problems, since they kind of gave up a lot of the development. Yeah, I've, uh, I don't like MOBAs, um, but to, to me, MOBAs were just the thing that made you yeah, late uh, to raid. I mean, I would never be late for a raid. So, <laughs> back to like, it's like quit playing Dota and get over here. That's yeah, yeah. It was back in the day, but um, I have heard that like now that they're not tied to the like professional thing anymore, that they're actually doing some pretty cool things in Heroes that they couldn't do when they were all worried about the balance and everything. Um, so yeah, the game the game itself still still really fun to play. The biggest problem with it is the matchmaking system because so many people left once yeah. they stopped being tied to that. That the yeah. the queues. Are either really long and then they'll mess with the algorithm and then they'll be short but like the games will just be completely unbalanced because they're not worried about you know group makeup anymore yeah okay well i think we've done enough uh yeah gaming we probably lost everybody like 10 minutes ago yeah um, totally i got two things left um from the from the books channel uh you're one of the other uh wheel of time readers that's out there um yes the, the Wheel of Time was like the series of my my youth. And uh, then 
led me to Brandon Sanderson, who is the author of the rest of my life, probably. That will be my favorite. So uh, is that like similar thing for you, basically? Uh, not pretty much exactly the same. I wouldn't say my youth. I picked up uh, Wheel of Time probably in my late 20s. I'm um, okay. like 36 now, so. I was you know, like 12. Oh, okay. I've been reading them forever. <laughs> it's been less than 10 years, but I, you know, it's even with some of its flaws that it has, it's still one of my favorite series. Um, I've, I've, you know, I've read through the series on like physical books, I think twice. And I've, I don't know how many times I've listened to it on audiobook. Um, yeah. uh, and same with, you know, with Sanderson, uh, he's obviously like, probably the best fantasy author going on right now. Like, even if you don't like him, you can't kind of deny what the results he's, he's putting out just numbers wise and stuff. Um, but I, I'm a huge fan of his, I think his the Cosmere as a universe as a whole is just like an amazing creation. Yeah. I, I just love that interconnectedness and stuff. And it's, it's built on like Brandon was a huge wheel of time fan. And Brandon is like, two years older than me, three years older than me. Mm-hmm. So he did the same thing, like growing up reading Wheel of Time. And so it's kind of like, I'm going to do my own version of this, but I'm going to mix in like Isaac Asimov's idea of like writing these two huge different series and then tying them together when nobody knew they were tied together. Um, yeah. So I'm and completely the fact on board. That his, his magic systems are so... Um, kind of gripping because they're hard magic systems to where they're tied to a tangible yep. thing in the world. They like the world doesn't exist around them; they exist within. Them. Yeah, and I think that really draws me. I think it really gets a lot of math and science people, honestly. And uh, like, if you're a STEM person and you're not reading Brandon Sanderson, I think that's a mistake. Um, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, okay, the only other thing that I had was, um, and I, this I may not get a great answer to this, but uh, several months ago, um, there's been this whole like on and off DNR fitness thing. And honestly, it's a really hard thing to do to like, I'm mm-hmm. not sure DNR is the right platform to try to launch a, a fitness thing on. Um, yeah. But I, I think maybe part of that um, got you bike shopping. I don't know exactly how that started. Um, uh, no, yeah, that totally did. And talking to you, because like you're always talking about how your bike stuff. So, no, yeah. actually, uh, I did go and pick up a bike uh, the first month or so. I was riding pretty regularly, like three or four days a week. Um, and then I, I didn't talk about it a lot on like the server, the main DNR server, but... Uh, I would say between September and December, it was like the last 20 weeks of the year. I was out of town at least part of the week for 18 of those weeks. Um, So between work and then also just, I, I work from home. So I just sometimes periodically will take like trips to go visit friends or family or whatever and just work from their houses. Uh, so I think once like I was out of town for so long, I kind of fell off it. Um, but in January with the whole new, like, you know, everyone starting the new year's resolution type things, um, 
recently I've just been starting to work out again. So uh, I haven't got back on the bike, but that's because my house has been a disaster with reorganizing things. Uh, I just got the, the bike situation situated over the weekend. So I'm hoping to start riding again this week. Okay. Um, I, so I have a couple ideas. Um, if, if you really want to get like when I, when I started out, I had like, I had a friend that had done uh rag a couple times and uh rag is the registers annual great bicycle ride across Iowa. And it's the, I think it's the largest bicycle tour in the world. Like okay. 25,000 people bike across the state of Iowa um, in July. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get in shape where I can do this thing. So I think having like a big goal of something that you're trying to get to that is like a fun thing like that might be a thing to kind of get you started on something. Um, if you want to come to Iowa. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about July of 2020, but maybe uh, July of 2021. Um, at there's there's a lot of drama with this because there's a new ride called Iowa's Ride, but um, if you want to come to Iowa in like 2021 um, and ride across the state, I, I would totally do that with you. So think. Yeah, let's let's talk about it when we're closer. But I, I mean, I'd totally be down. I I absolutely love traveling. So there's like you, you guys asked Rob like one time he was like, oh hey, there's this really small convention near my house. And I was yep. like, all right, cool, I'll be there. <laughs> and, I went to like this single room convention in Raleigh, North Carolina, just for shits and giggles. I, I, I don't know. I just love traveling and stuff. So, I yeah, sounds good saw, to me. Yeah, I actually saw like on on some site the other day these really cheap tickets from like Charlotte to Las Vegas back and forth. I think it was ninety eight dollars round trip. And mm-hmm. I was like, I should send this to Rob and Andy and see if they <laughs> if they want to use these for anything. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be. Cool. I mean, I actually I, I lived in Charlotte for about well, quote unquote lived. I I stayed there during the week and went home on most weekends uh, for about a year. So uh, I actually do. I've I've gone back twice to go visit since I, I moved back. So that would I have made have been useful. Um. Okay. I think we've gone longer than I said. Um. So do you have any last uh, thoughts for anybody? Hmm. I, I don't know. I'm not that excited. Well, okay. If we go back to books real quick, and everyone, I'm going to be the stereotypical book nerd who's going to recommend things to people. But uh, I don't great. know if I, I've heard you mention it, but uh, along that same vein of uh, epic fantasy series, yeah. uh, one that gets overlooked a lot is The Dark Tower by uh, Stephen King. It's fairly popular, but most people think Stephen King, like, that doesn't make sense, but. Yeah, I have actually never read those. Oh so, my gosh, you have to! It's one of my favorite fantasy series. They're they're really good. I'll, I'll put that on the list. I think I threw it into the. So um, here we go into overtime. I do not do scary. It's not. It's my not. Thing. Sc- it's not scary at all. <laughs> well, Stephen King to me is just scary. So I'm like, that's, nope, I'm not reading that. <laughs> that's why most people don't like. It's not on like the fantasy book radar because he is thought of as scary, but. It's 100% just like a fantasy epic series. It actually ties a lot of his universe together because all of his books take place in the same universe. Um, 
So it actually ties a lot of books together. That's so interesting. I also yeah. thank you. I think I'm going to add a thing to these for at the end, I ask everybody for one recommendation. So okay. I think that's a good idea, whether it's like a book or a movie or like, a, hey, you should buy these AirPods. They're awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is. So. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, well, thanks everybody for listening. Sorry we got super rambly, but um, that's how these things go all the time. So yeah. All right. Talk to you later, Andy. <laughs> all right. Bye.